Welcome to Moments with Marianne. I'm so delighted we're spending this time here today. We have a very inspiring show coming right up with special guest, John Murphy, and he's here today to share with us his book, Beyond Doubt, Four Steps to Inner Peace. Now, John is a founder and CEO of Venture Management Consultants, a firm specializing in creating lean, high-performance work environments. John credits his success in business and life to a course in miracles. First learning and studying this practice in 2008, John quadrupled his business in growth and prosperity. Today, John works with individuals to teach them the incredible benefits the lessons of A Course in Miracles has to offer. So let's welcome to the show, John Murphy. Thanks, Marianne. It's great being back. Hey, it's so great to have you back and to talk about this book. I think this is something that everyone needs right now. (laughs) Yeah, this is a good time for inner peace. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, most of us are stuck with four walls that we're staring at. Inner peace would be a good thing, right? Exactly. You know, and I think it's a perfect opportunity for for people to learn practical ways to find more peace in their lives. And that's really what this book is all about. You know, we, we have a tendency sometimes as human beings to think that I'll be at peace when the rest of the world is at peace which is pretty much never. So this is really about how do I find that state of grace, irregardless of the circumstances that I'm in, whether it's a, a hurricane or a virus or, a, uh, you know, I've, I just lost my job or I'm in a lousy relationship or I don't have a relationship or whatever, you know, life throws at us. How do we, how do we get into that zone, so to speak, that, that state of, of grace? And it's, it's all about mindfulness. It's all about minding our minds. I love that you shared that with us. And for our listeners that are just joining us today, you know, I know you were here talking with us last time in regards to your other book, The Miracle-Minded Manager, which is another very powerful read. With Beyond Doubt, I have to ask you, like, what inspired you to write this book? Wow, that's a big question, Marianne, and I hope you're ready for the answer. Because, uh, I am. <laughs> here's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> here's what happened. I'd been writing... Uh, business leadership books and team building books and, you know, customer service books and things like that for for many years. And in the year 2000, I I was halfway through a book, writing a book, when my father got deathly ill and 11 months later passed. And I stopped writing and never went back to that book. And for nine years, I never wrote. I just continued my consulting work and my, my speaking engagements, things like that. And I uh, was actually working on a project over in, uh, in France, out, right outside Lyon, France. And on a Saturday morning, I got up and I was essentially commanded to write again. There was just this presence, if you will, in my, in my room. And it, it, it said, it's time to write again. And I said, no, I, I don't know what to write about. And I don't want to start something I can't finish because I did that before. And I'm super busy right now. And so, no, whatever, you know, I don't know if it was my father's soul or, what, or who it was, but uh, I was very resistant. And uh, long story short, I, I gave in. It wouldn't leave me alone. And so I opened up my laptop and I said, you want me to write something? You tell me what to write. And so Beyond Doubt was essentially channeled uh, 
And I go back now and read, you know, parts of it myself. And I, I can't believe I wrote that. Um, it's a truly inspirational book. In fact, it, it won the best inspirational book of the year in 2010 by a big critic in Toronto, Canada, and uh, was editor's choice, best inspirational book. And, um, it's, it's, it's helped countless people. And, and it, it bridged me, if you will, from the, like, the business books that I was writing into more inspirational, even spiritual type books, you know, being in spirit, being spiritual is, uh, you know, one and the same. And it's, it's essentially fearless leadership, not worrying about everything that could go wrong, but being very mindful of uh, the state of grace that always exists and is available to us. So then the, the real irony is I was actually working on a project years later for a big company up in Toronto, Canada, and we were recruiting um, a, a master uh, instructor, a sensei, as they call him in Japan, to come in and replace me. I was there temporarily as a consultant, but somebody to come in full-time and replace me. And we found this uh, a sensei from Toyota. And uh, when, when he saw me and met me, I was part of the interviewing process. He looked right at me and he said, are you John Murphy from Beyond Doubt, John Murphy? <laughs> and uh -huh. I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. And he said, well, we're using that book at Toyota to train our senseis, our masters, our master leaders. And I was sort of blown away because I, I didn't realize that businesses were actually using that book uh, for that reason. So, you know, here I'm thinking I wrote some spiritual books, so to speak, and uh, it turns out it's it's not just a in the spiritual section of the bookstore, but businesses are using it as well. Well, you know, a lot of times that, you know, business spiritual aspect, if you really look at it, can't be separated anyway, because there's so much from one that influences the other. So I can see why they're using your book. Well, but also it, it gave me a, an idea <clears throat> for years. I've been following and studying people like Greg Braden, who's taken science and spirituality and found some interesting blending, if you will. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, uh, uh, Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton, D D Deepak Chopra, blending, you know, medical knowledge with spiritual, uh, you know, essence. And I thought, wow, um, maybe there's an opportunity here for me to, to blend, to integrate business practices, business management, business leadership with spirituality, because you don't see a lot of that. And so I went on after Beyond Doubt, I, I wrote a book called Sage Leadership, Awakening the Spirit and Work. As you know, because we just talked about the book Miracle-Minded Manager recently, that's a, you know, a parable, a story about a man that transforms his life, and he was the president of a company. So, and I've, of course, I've adopted and practiced these, these teachings myself in my, in my work. You know, my, my company turns 32 years old next month, and um, I never would have made it without spirit, without inspiration, without passion, because, you know, you get knocked down a lot. And uh, I wrote a book called Zentrepreneur, blending Zen practices, peace, inner peace, with entrepreneurship, with action. How do you take a good idea, good thinking, Zen thinking, and act on it and do something positive in the world? So Zentrepreneur, all of this, you know, beyond doubt, led me into a whole new genre, if you will, um, writing and teaching and speaking on miracle-minded manager and management and, and, uh, and, and leading without doubt, leading without fear, leading without a lot of anxiety and worry. And what better time to read something like that than today, you know, with all the 
Yeah, this sure. pandemic we're all facing. Yeah. It's a, yeah. because it seems like that's something that's, you know, on the forefront of everyone's mind. You know, we have fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, stress. You know, we have people that have very good reasons to feel this way. Well, right. And, and they, they're, but they're attaching their feelings to something external. And that's just common human nature. We attach, that's the ego thought system at work. We attach our happiness to another person or to a job, or to a title, to an asset of some sort, and it becomes part of our identity. And then we live in perpetual fear, subconsciously, if not consciously, of losing whatever we've attached our happiness to. That person, that house, that car, that job, that income, that child, whatever. So, you know, one of the Buddhist principles is called detachment. And detachment is one of the four steps in the book Beyond Doubt, which is the let go step. Letting go is critical to living in true joy and living in true uh, grace because letting go doesn't mean that we don't care about that person or that job or that house that we worked hard for. It doesn't mean we don't care about it, but detachment means we have not attached our feelings of joy and happiness to that external asset, which we actually have very little control over. We've attached, we're happy no matter what, so to speak, because we're happy because we are alive and we have opportunity in front of us. And yeah, we have setbacks, but every setback is an opportunity to learn something, to grow, and again, to let go and let flow, which is the fourth step of the inner peace. So, uh, when I learned to do this, to let, and, and it, sometimes it takes a, 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 some pain and some suffering to, ha- to let go of something that you've really been clinging to. And, uh, but when you do that, you realize just how strong you actually are. You know, when you lose a job or you lose a loved one or you lose a marriage, you lose a child, you, you know, and or you lose uh, a limb, you know, you lose, you lose a, something physical happens to you. you. You go through this period of pain and suffering and grief. And, uh, but on the other side of that is nirvana, is, is heaven. If you allow it, if you let go of the grief and the shame, then you experience this, this, this beautiful world beyond it. So it, it's, in a sense, heaven and hell are states of consciousness. They're states of mind. They're not future destinations that we go to if we're good or bad heaven is within us you know and it's it's something we can tap into at any time by letting go of the of the barriers the obstacles to to feeling that that sense of grace and what i love about some of the scientists now these days like the bruce liptons and the greg bradens and the, the heart math institute in california has done brilliant work on this is that all of these feelings are measurable they are energetic frequencies that are measurable. One of my favorite uh, teachers, if you will, is the late David, Dr. David Hawkins. And he had uh, something called the map of consciousness, where he had, using a logarithmic scale, calibrated the various frequencies of feelings all the way from down at the very bottom. The lowest frequency was shame and then guilt and then grief and then apathy and then beyond apathy. Um, was essentially, you know, negativity, cynicism, grievances, things like that, uh, followed by lust, 
and attachment to, um, which included greed and jealousy, and uh, and then anger was the next one up, and then after anger was pride, and all of those frequencies that I just mentioned are all ego frequencies. It's all they all come from the ego box or the ego thought system. Beyond the ego thought system, and this is what A Course in Miracles teaches, beyond the ego thought system is an entirely different box, if you will, an entirely different thought system, which is essentially faith-based versus fear-based. And I always say to people, you can't have fear, you can't be afraid and have faith at the same time. They're two different, mutually exclusive thought systems. So whenever you're feeling afraid, or anxious, or nervous, you are in the ego thought system, and you're feeling that way because you're projecting something negative into the future. Something's going to go wrong. I could I could screw up. I could hurt myself. I could I could get into trouble. You're projecting, and that's what triggers your hormonal system, and that's what triggers that feeling of anxiety, and your heart rate picks up, and your cortisol levels escalate, you know, your stress hormones, your adrenaline, and all of a sudden you're sweating from the forehead and you're thinking, see, I, I, I am right. I am nervous because that's, because this is, this is scary. Well, you're nervous, not because of the event that you're facing. You're nervous because of what you think of that event. You're nervous because of what's going on in your mind. So when you learn to be present, I mean, the secret is being in the now, you know, and not projecting something negative into the future. When you're in the present, that's the let be phase of beyond doubt with the very first step. So step one is let be. Step two is let go of all the obstacles. Let Step three is let see. And what we mean by that is that once we, when we're present, when we're in the now, let be, and we're letting go of all of the emotional baggage that we've been carrying around, but then we see the world very differently. This person that used to annoy us doesn't annoy us anymore. In fact, we feel compassion. We feel empathy. And when we, when we see that, then we get into the fourth step, which is let flow. And flow is the great Tao. Flow is health and well-being. It's, it's positive source energy flowing through us. It's what athletes call the zone. When I get in the zone, I can't miss, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a frequency. When you get out of all those ego frequencies I mentioned, all the way from shame down up to pride, pride is dualistic. It's, you know, us and them. It's win and lose. It's me and you. It's all, that's how the ego sees things. Everything is separate. When we get beyond that idea of separation and we get into a spiritual sense of unity where we're all one, you know, what the, what the Bible refers to as the atonement, atonement, when we all recognize that we're connected energetically, that there, there is no individual thought. Everything is connected. Everything is entangled. Everything is, in, is, uh, is, is part of a, a massive a matrix, if you will, or web. When we start to recognize that and embrace it, we get into this zone of flow. And David Hawkins took those uh, feelings, those emotions, which included things like uh, appreciation, gratitude, love, bliss, Joy, all the way up to enlightenment, was the highest. Those frequencies, um, when you get into the zone, so to speak, and you feel that's where true empowerment is. It's, it's not somebody giving you power. It's you recognizing the power that exists to you, the spiritual power that always exists to you, and allowing it to flow through you. So it's like St. Francis said, make me an instrument of your peace. Well, well make me a, 
a vehicle of your grace, of this power, of this, you know, I'm, I'm a tool, essentially. I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help my brothers and sisters, if you will. And when we allow that, it's, it's just, it's, it's miraculous. It's truly amazing. So what do you think is one of the areas that people really get kind of hung up on in doing this four steps? Well, the false identity, the idea that I am the ego, that I am this body, that life is linear. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's it. You know, I'm born, I live, I die, and it's over. Not recognizing that everything is cyclical. Everything is, when you look at the the, the planets, everything is moving in cycles. You look at the seasons, you look at day and night. Everything is cyclical, like perennial flowers coming back every year. When you start to recognize that our soul is eternal and our physical being is temporary, but we continue on after we pass and we, you know, we, we come back. It's, it's, everything is cyclical. That, that right there helps us not fear death the way the ego fears death. Uh, because again, of course, the miracles teaches us that there is no death. There's, you know, there's, there's a shedding, if you will, like a skin, like a, a reptile or a snake sheds its skin. There's a, there's a shedding that takes place. Uh, but you know, I've, I've been working at consciousness conferences for years with, with people like Danny and Brinkley and Dr. Evan Alexander, both who've written New York times, best-selling books about their experience in the afterlife after they were clinically dead. And came back to tell the story. You know, there's many cases like that. Duke University's done a lot, a lot of work with that, and um, it's fascinating to, to recognize that, uh, you know, this this idea of linear life, and um, that we are this, you know, that we are what the ego thinks we are. It's it's we're not we're not that. We're actually uh, we're actually eternal. And I don't, again, that's probably the hardest, you asked about what's the hardest part. That's probably the hardest part for people to understand, especially if they're physically hurting in some way. Yeah, or have something going on. A lot of times it's probably really difficult to kind of get out of that muck to go, okay, well, you know, this is just the situation that's presented itself, but I can actually move into a state where I can have some inner peace. Well, yeah, and think of it this way too. That's every problem has a solution. Actually, every problem has multiple solutions. So there's no problem without a solution. There are two sides to the same coin. The problem that a lot of people experience in life is they don't think in terms of solutions. They think in terms of problems. So they dwell on the problem. Uh Uh-oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm sick. Uh Uh-oh, my mother isn't feeling well. She's sick. Now what? And, And by dwelling on the problem, and not recognizing that there is a solution to that problem. So very positive, highly effective leaders focus on solutions. We're going to get through this. We're going to learn from it. We're going to move forward in a positive way. Everything happens for a reason, and everything actually happens for a positive reason. So once we recognize that every problem we think we have is for some positive reason, and we just have to find it, and figure it out, then life becomes very interesting. And, and, and the chat, you know, we rise to the challenge. But if all we do is put our head down and think about, oh, geez, this is terrible. This is the worst. And oh, my gosh, and you turn on the news and it's all negative, negative, negative. Uh, 
that doesn't help. That doesn't help at all. And again, everything is measurable in terms of energetic frequencies. If, if we're negative and cynical and doubtful and anxious, with law of attraction, we're asking for more of that same misery. Misery loves company. Those are all frequencies. So no matter what is happening to us, when we dial into a, a, a positive, we're going to get through this frequency. We're going to deal with this. We're going to come out with, with new understanding, with new knowledge. And there are many positive things going on right now with this coronavirus. And you can start by just looking at the earth itself, the oceans cleaning up, the, the waterways in Venice, Italy being clear for the first time in decades. You could see the Himalayas from parts of India that have never seen them before, or not, you know, hundreds of years. Uh, the smog lifting in, in, in California and things like that. The, the earth is healing. And people are learning lessons. It's just like a massive time. I talk about a massive timeout. You know, in sports, we call timeout to, to regroup, to, to reset, to reboot, so to speak, to think about changes we need to make or adjustments we need to make. And parents use the timeout with children sometimes. So go sit on the stairs and you think about what you just did. You know, you think about how you can get along better with your sister or your brother. You know, that's a timeout. Well, we're getting a massive global timeout right now. And I advise people during this time out to use the time wisely, you know, uh, take advantage of the fact that we have this time out and uh, you think about changes you can make in your life. What better time to learn to meditate? What better time to learn to be present? What better time to learn a new skill? Uh, there's just so many opportunities available to us so that when we come out of this pandemic, we just we don't go back to life as usual. We go back to a better life, an improved life, with improved relationships, with more appreciation for things we took for granted, for, with, with more gratitude. You know, just even simple things like, you know, stocked shelves at the, at the grocery store and uh, the, the local pub that we can go and hang out with our friends at and, and dance and hug, you know, those types of things. Yeah, huge opportunity for us to learn something valuable. Well, it's really interesting because the way of life has really been redefined. And you talk about like clear skies in different parts of the country and around the world. And yeah, how true is that? I mean, we've been living in such a way that isn't working for us or the planet. So we're, we are in this major timeout. Right. And I think, you know, when you look at when you study collective consciousness and, the, the, you know, everything's vibrational, thoughts are vibrational, everything's energy, it's just energy in motion, emotion. And when you stop and think about, all of the griping and complaining and, and, and negativity that the world has witnessed for, for years and years and years now and at home, we've asked for more time with our children. We've asked for more, um, an opportunity to be more you know, present, if you will. So guess what? It's being delivered. And uh, you know the four steps to inner peace, let be, let go, let see, and let flow. This is a massive let be phase. We are at home. You know, we are, what better time to be present, to be aware, to be awake, to be meditative, to be contemplative, to be with our children, to be with one another, to be kind. This is a, a, a great be step followed by let go. Let go of all the clutter weighing you down. Let go, you know, I've, I've talked to countless people about you using this time to go through closets and get rid of stuff they haven't they haven't used in, in decades, you know, to just declutter their lives. And I think you know, I teach something called lean, which is getting rid, rid of distractions and waste in our lives and, and our businesses and getting into a state of flow and a state of grace and harmony and balance. 
Well, this is a great opportunity for people to apply lean to their personal lives, just letting go of all of the things weighing them down, the distractions, the, the clutter. And, uh, you know, we, we realize in a time like this that we don't need half of what we thought we needed. And we also learned that what we really do need are the things that sometimes we sacrifice for other things, like relationships. You know, we, we, we need relationships. We need that, that uh, interaction with one another, that unity, so to speak. So, you know, look at, look at some of the businesses taking off right now, like, you know, like Zoom, you know, and some of the online learning systems and, and such. Um, people getting together, they can't physically do it necessarily. So they're, they're checking in with one another, uh, you know, on video calls and things like that. So it, it, it is a new world. And I, I hope that we all come out of this letting go of a lot of the, the clutter that was, was weighing us down, you know, and the distractions. And then we get into a greater state of flow. Let flow. Yeah, it, it really seems that this this period in time, we're really being kind of pushed to slow down, obviously. I mean, we're in our homes, but also to refocus on what's important. And maybe it's not working, you know, the 12-hour days at work. And, um, you know, really being disconnected from the people that, you know, we're supposed to be spending most of our time with, you know, like our family or loved ones. So it's really interesting when we look at this, just how it's refocusing what is important. And I think a lot of that will actually come out of this shift. Exactly. And that's the let's see phase. We start to see things differently. We see priorities shifting, you know, that 12 hour day, what what did that really get? What does that really get me? You know, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, what better time right now? A lot of people complain about exercise. I just don't seem to have the time to exercise. I work that 12 hour day and then I'm just too tired and, you know, I'm sitting all day and well, what better time to exercise than right now? And even though the gyms are closed and the swimming pools are closed in many cases, and some of the facilities are closed. Let me tell you something, Marianne, you know, you can exercise with a pair of shoes, even without a pair of shoes, <laughs> you, know, you, can, <laughs> you can walk. You know, you can run, you can do sit-ups and push-ups. In fact, I just did some myself uh, earlier today. And uh, you can find ways to, you know, to get healthy, to to be active. And, uh, you know, um, take, a, take an online dance class, take a Zumba class, you know, take a yoga. You know, I do yoga online. I do Zumba online when I can't go to a, a gym or a, cl- a club and do it. Um you know, put some good music on and just dance. That's what I mean by changing the dial. You know, the dial is the, really the only control that we have in life. It's, it's the, do I dial into negativity and grief and sit around and feel sorry for people and worry about what's going on and dial into the news and hear it over and over and over again about people who are sick and dying? Or do I dial into some fun music and dance around? You know, do I dial into some fresh air and go for a walk? Do I dial into my pet cat or my pet dog and pay a little more attention to them and take, you know, take the dog for a walk? Do I dial into my children who might be scattered across the country, but I can call them up and FaceTime them or things like that? What do you dial into? And, you know, if if you're really present and you're really interested in a a positive, loving, graceful experience in life, dial into the positive because joy loves company too. It isn't just misery that loves company. Joy loves company. 
So when we dial into joy, we find things to be uplifting. And nothing's easier than music, if you ask me. I mean, music is obviously a frequency of energy. And we like some music and we don't like other types of music. That's just because some frequencies align with our frequency and others don't. But find the frequency that moves you and, uh, you know, get off the couch and dance, <laughs> you know, or do a stretch, do a yoga, do, you know, or if you don't know how to do yoga, learn online. These days you can learn just about anything online. Oh, yes. They've got cooking classes. They've got, you know, all sorts of, you can take um, hikes online. <laughs> they have everything. Oh, so- yeah. Yeah, so it's nice because you know there's a lot there's a lot to be explored. It's not a very limiting state, even though it may seem like that. Hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I've got friends and uh, that are just they're learning all kinds of things. I'm learning. I, I'm learning how to do online uh, teaching. You know, something because I usually show up in person and I, I give seminars and workshops, and I love the interactive face to face classroom type. Uh, environment, and I intend to continue that in the future. But for now, um, you know, I've got clients that are saying, "Well, we can't travel. We can't. We can't do the class physically. Can we do it online?" And it's not something I've been skilled at in the past, so I'm learning. I'm taking webinars. I'm giving webinars. <laughs> you know, years ago I read a book about how to write a book, and then I wrote 20 books. So now I'm taking an online course about teaching online courses. <laughs> Watch out world, so, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I know people who, I know people who've taken tie-dye classes, learning tie-dye, people who've taken, uh, I mean, just all kinds of dance classes, uh, language classes. I'm going to learn a new language. I'm going to, you know, learn, learn to speak French or learn to speak German or something like that. It's just, you know, music classes, learn to play the piano or the guitar. You've got the power, we all do, to dial into something positive, something that moves us. Maybe it's music, maybe it's dance, maybe it's art. Pick up a paintbrush, you know, and uh, try try your skill at painting. Something positive. The worst thing people could do is sit around and gripe. And, and, you know, um, one of the chapters in the book, Miracle Minded Manager, is, you know, is, is no more grievances. It's the head of the, you know, the, the chapter. No more grievances. No more griping. No more complaining. Try that for one day. You know, I, I advise people. Take one day and see how long you can go without complaining about anything. Anyone or anything. No more grievances. It's a lot tougher than people think because habitually we've kind of been conditioned to, you know, complain about stuff. The weather, you know, the... Uh, the latest politics, the, the latest news, the, you know, there's the number of people suffering from the virus. We, we, we find something because we're looking for it. We always find what we're looking for. Seek and you shall find. We always find whatever we're looking for. And if we're in that negative mode, we're going to find all kinds of things that tell us we're right. Yep, you're right. The world's terrible. Look at it. Look at all the disasters. Look at all the things going wrong. We're always going to be given evidence that we're right because we we find what we're looking for. So I think one of the most important shifts in in life, shifts in perception, is that shift from the negative 
ego, dualistic, fear-based thought system to the in spirit, the fearless, faith-based, love, I mean love unconditionally. The ego defines love as something you fall in and out of, that love is temporary. You know, here today, I, I used to love this person or I used to love that house or that car. That's, that's not love. That's lust. Love, with a capital L, love is, is eternal. It's, 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 ener- it's a field of energy. It's the field we came from and it's the field we return to. It's the field we live in. It's this beautiful, graceful, sacred, agape love where it's, uh, it's, it's just simply, it's heaven. It's, it's heaven within. That's real love. And the same is true with forgiveness. The ego describes forgiveness as I was right and you were wrong, but I forgive you. That is not forgiveness. That is condemnation. Okay. It's, it's it, w- true. Forgiveness is there was, there's no right and wrong. It's like the, the mystic Rumi said in, in one of his most famous quotes beyond the ideas of right doing and wrongdoing. There is a field. I will meet you there. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about that field of grace beyond right and wrong where uh, we are truly forgiven. So when we get into that mode of unconditional love and true forgiveness, by the way, I happen to think dogs can teach us this quite well <laughs> because you find a, a you know a, a nice dog and that dog is is unconditionally loving and forgiving no matter you know no matter what they just it, it's a wonderful image if you will of true love just true uh, unconditional that sacred love and when we dial into that we are now attracting more of that into our lives and uh, and that's when the miracles start to really just unfold in front of us these beautiful synchronicities it's 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 just i can't think of a better way to live on this planet than in that zone in that field do you think sometimes people have a hard time with just getting there because they're thinking gosh if i get to this place of inner peace i am you know, having a hard time even thinking about inner peace you know that that might not even be something that's obtainable for me Sure. Well, that's that's doubt. And so the book Beyond Doubt aims at how do I get beyond doubt? That That's the ego saying that's not the ego is saying that's not possible. The ego doesn't understand peace. The ego doesn't understand joy and happiness because the ego is never satisfied. So the ego is saying, well, OK, yeah, you've got a degree when you're going to get a, a master's degree or a Ph.D. OK, yeah, you you got uh, to be vice president. When are you going to be president? You, OK, you got you got a nice house, but you, you know, it's, you need a bigger house. You need a better car. You need, you need this, you need that, you need this, you need that. The, the ego doesn't, doesn't shut up. It's constantly saying you need more. The grass is greener somewhere else. And when we identify with that thought system, then we don't, then we doubt that we can actually achieve peace on earth. You know, we say rest in peace after people die. Why not live in peace? So that's that's a huge barrier, Marianne, is that that monkey chatter, so to speak, is what the Buddhists call it, that monkey brain where we've got these ideas circling through our minds that um, it's not possible, we're not worthy, we don't deserve it, uh, we're not good enough. That's all ego chatter when, in fact, God made no mis- makes no mistakes. We all are gifted people. 
with a, a reason for being here. And our reason for being here is to give away the gifts we've been given. So if people are looking for their purpose in life, just all they have to do is think about, well, what am I blessed with? What gifts do I have? What talents do I have? And giving those away to the world for the betterment of the world is your purpose. It's that simple. So we think about, well, maybe I have a musical talent. Maybe I have a, a, a writing talent, a creative and imagination talent. I love Walt Disney's uh, mission statement, which was to use my imagination to bring happiness to millions. So Walt Disney had an actual personal mission statement uh, about giving his gifts to the world to make people happy. And, you know, that's a pretty powerful statement because he's clearly, he clearly did it. So when we think about, you know, we're, we're not this sinner, we're not this bad person, you know, thinking about all the things, you know, the grief, the shame, the guilt, you know, all this, that's the ego trying to tell us that, you know, we're not worthy. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not sacred when in fact we are. So when we let go of that whole mindset, that whole baggage, the emotional baggage system, if you will, and we, we, we transcend the ego into this entirely new field of, of, of love and unity, atonement, and everyone we meet, we greet with a smile. Everywhere we go, we light, it up, we light up the world, so to speak. And yes, there's a lot of darkness right now. But that's just all the more reason we need enlightened people to bring a little positivity and spirit into the situation. So I you know, know that there is uh, some really tough times. I lost a friend from high school uh, just recently to the virus. And uh, um, I'm, I'm actually, I haven't been tested, but I'm quite convinced I had it myself uh, several months ago. I had all the symptoms and I've got, I now had some of the post symptoms. So I, I don't know, but uh, it's it's very it's here. It's it's not something to be taken lightly. But the worst thing we can do is just get negative and gripe and complain and and start pointing fingers. Oh, it's the you know the Chinese fault, or it's the it's the current government, it's the you know the governor of whatever state is messing things up. You know that's all grievances, criticisms, judgments, and that shuts off the flow that shuts off the great current the Tao. and uh every time we complain or we resist that flow by by condemning one another uh we we really only hurt ourselves and in hurting ourselves we hurt the world gosh you know i'm so sorry for your loss and i and we all know somebody right now that's either has the virus has passed away from it or is just being affected by it. And it's, I mean, it, it's in our face, you know, it's not something that we can run away from just, you know, we, we have to deal with this. And I, it's interesting. Yeah. We're in this period of time where, you know, more people are looking to see what positive impacts that they can make, even if it's something small, like making face masks or being able to, you know, make food for um, some of the healthcare workers. You know, they're, they're, people are looking forward to doing something that will make a positive impact. Oh, yeah. There's so many positive things we can do to, to, to help each other out. And uh, it, just, it just takes a little imagination. So why not exercise our imagination? That's one of our gifts. Let's think of ways we can help each other out. You know, maybe we can buy groceries for somebody who can't 
you can't do it. Like you said, make face masks or just come up with just come up with things you know to, to help one another. There's no better time than right now to think about somebody who needs something and find a way to help them. And by the way, that that right there, helping other people raises our energetic frequency, our vibration, so to speak, up significantly. When we give versus take and we help one another and we appreciate one another, appreciation is one of the fastest ways to transcend the ego box, the ego thought system, because the ego doesn't understand appreciation. Okay, it's the ego that's greedy, it's the ego that's jealous, it's the ego that gets angry and agitated and doubtful and nervous. That's all the ego. When we realize, well, that's not me, that's the false me, that's this mindset that I've adopted since I was a child, it's human nature to adopt that mindset, so there's nothing wrong with me for adopting it. Everybody has that mindset. It's it's reptilian, it's survival-oriented, you know, it's... It's, it's, it's human nature. But, but the thing is, is we're not just humans. We're not humans who have occasional spiritual experiences. We're actually spirits who have, are having an occasional human experience. It's just the other way around. So when we recognize that uh, it's the ego that's essentially weighing us down, and we've adopted that as our identity, and we can shed that identity by being grateful. This is why it's so important, like prayer. The highest modality of prayer is the modality of feeling whatever it is we, we want or need as if it's here right now. So like when the indigenous tribes did a rain dance, they weren't out there asking for rain. They were out dancing as if it was raining. They were feeling the rain vibrationally and it brought rains. So when we pray from a position of gratitude and appreciation and thanks. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the problems you've given me because I know there's solutions in disguise. Thank you for the relationships I have. Thank you for my physical health. And even if I'm not feeling well, thank you for the fact that I am healing. I feel myself healing. I feel this virus or whatever I, I might be experiencing Leaving me, leaving my body, going somewhere else, disappearing. You know, when we get into that modality of feeling a grateful and appreciation for all the wonderful things that we have, that's a completely different form of prayer than, than giving God a menu. Hey, God, uh, you know, fix this person and help that person and do this and do that and, you know, placing orders. That's, that's, that's a, a modality of lack saying, because I don't feel well, help me feel well. And the universe, so to speak, responds, you know, law of attraction responds, like meets like. So, okay, you don't feel well? Okay, so you don't feel well. And you continue to not feel well. That's very different than using our imagination to feel well, to get past whatever it is we're suffering from, and visualizing and Im imagining ourselves joyful and happy beyond whatever problems we're facing. That's a gift that we all have. We have imagination. We have the capacity to envision and imagine. So envision is seeing it, but imagining it is beyond just envisioning it. Imagining it is feeling it, 
It's embracing it. It's laughing with it. And when we see ourselves in the future in this beautiful state of grace and joy and happiness and health and well-being, and we hold that in the mind's eye, we actually attract it into our lives. Abundance, prosperity, generosity, you know, flow. And by giving, we receive. So by giving away, we receive more. That's the cyclical nature I spoke of earlier. So, you know, by giving, we're receiving. So give away what you want, <laughs> which is it's counterintuitive. And the ego doesn't get that. The ego's like, well, if I give it away, then I won't have it. It's, that's the dualistic way of looking at it. If I give it away, I won't have it. But we learn in, in, in A Course in Miracles and, and other spiritual teachings that um, oh, the only thing that really matters is that which, when we give it away, we have more of it. So think about that for a minute. When I give away love, I have more love. When I give away forgiveness, I have more forgiveness, or I am more for, I'm, I'm being forgiven. When I give away uh, all, all kinds of, when I give away joy, I feel more joyful. Those are the things that really matter. And we, but you know, the ego thinks of things, everything in terms of material. So that let go phase is letting go of these these false attachments and embracing the the things that matter most like love and joy and forgiveness and peace i mean if we're not living in peace we're really not living at all yeah that's so true i mean because otherwise we're just like the hamster on the wheel just running around you know yeah yeah exactly and where's it you know where's it getting us so yeah i think this is a perfect time for people to just uh, take a time out, you know, reevaluate life, reevaluate priorities, identify what's really important to, each, to you, to each person. What, what do I really want in life? And uh, it's a lot simpler than sometimes we've made it. You know, well, I'll be happy when I have a boat. You know, I'll be happy when I have a, you know, when I retire or <laughs> and I can play golf or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's no way to live. Well, you yeah, hear we that all the happy. time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'll be happy when. Okay, that's the ego talking. Why aren't you happy right now? You know, happiness is a choice. Choose it now. Don't choose it for later. And we know that we're in spirit when we feel joyful. And we know that we're in spirit when we feel loved and forgiven and free of guilt and shame and in, in some of these things that weigh us down, grief, free of all of that. So we know we're aligned with our higher self, whatever you want to call that, God, source, energy, Holy Spirit, prana, chi, you know, lots of names for it. But we know we're aligned and in flow with that grace, that, that holy grace, when we feel good. It's that simple. That's our indicator. Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham in the Law of Attraction, talks about we the emotional guidance system. And the emotional guidance system is telling us whether we're aligned or not, whether we're in a, a mode of resistance, meaning we're not aligned with that, that sacred flow, or we are aligned with it. And then we we experience joy and bliss and enthusiasm. We wake up in the morning and we're eager for the day. We're excited for the day. We, we're, you know, we feel passion and courage and that's inspiration. That's being in spirit. But if we wake up and go, oh man, 
I wish I could sleep for another hour. Or, you know, I got, I you know, I got all this stuff I got to do today. And, I, you know, <laughs> I just, oh boy, well, here we go again. That's, that's not being aligned. So that's the thing that's most important is to be, pre- you know, let be, be present, be mindful, you know, be, mind your mind, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Let go of all the distractions, especially the ego distractions and the whole ego way of thinking. Let it go and see the world anew. See the joy. See the solutions. See the, uh, the, the opportunity, the potential. And then get into that flow and, and just and ride it. Ride the wave. Ride the great current. Ride the, ride the Tao. So how do miracles fit into all this? Because I know in your book you talk about miracles. Well, I do. And, and uh, A Course in Miracles, which is a channeling of Jesus back in the 70s, um, and it's helped millions and millions of people around the world. I've taken it four times. It's a one-year course, 365 lessons, one mantra per day for a year. And it's a reprogramming of the mind. Where you, and, and A Course in Miracles defines a miracle as a shift in perception. It's a correction of the mind is how it's referred to. It's a correction of the mind, basically meaning... It's a shift from the ego way of thinking and the, the false ideas of the ego to truth with a capital T, to a, a, a certainty, to knowledge is certainty. So we, it, it, we, we learn that the miracle is all about how we see things. And a miracle then is a shift, a correction of the mind, a shift in perception. So this person that used to really bother me, it wasn't the person that was bothering me. It was my thinking of that person that bothered me. It wasn't the traffic jam that was bothering me, getting me upset and angry and impatient. It was my thinking of the traffic jam that got me upset. And my projection that, oh, I'm going to be late for my interview or late for my meeting or or, this, you know, who, who screwed up? Who, who caused this crash? What, you know, what, what an idiot. You know, <laughs> all those crazy things that people think. Who's to blame? That's the correction. The miracle is when we shift beyond condemnation and beyond finger pointing and beyond blame and beyond dualistic thinking. The politicians, the Democrats, the Republicans, the, the right, the wrong you know, all of the, the, the good and the bad and, and, and who's, who's worthy and who isn't. It's, it's all of that dualistic thinking. It's a shift beyond all of that to we're all connected. We're all, we're all one. We're all part of a, of a common field of energy. There are no independent thoughts. There are no independent actions. Everything has a, a cause and effect relationship on the whole. It's like a massive hologram, and we're all part of it. So... Everything we think, everything we do affects people beyond ourselves. So if we really want to help the world and we want to bring peace to the world, to quote Gandhi, be the change you want to see in the world. Be the peace. You know, the world can't be at peace if you're not. (laughs) So start with you. Find inner peace and live it and take it with you everywhere you go. And people will notice. People, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, doesn't anything bother you? You know, how can you be so calm during this this situation? I I moved my primary residence to Florida five years ago, and I've been down there every September to visit my mother for her birthday. I'm up in Michigan now, 
But uh, in five years, I've been in three hurricanes. And when they're evacuating the island, Palm Beach Island, where I live, um, and, and I, I, you know, basically saying you're on your own if you don't leave, I stay. I've stayed for three hurricanes in five years to help elderly that can't move, that can't go anywhere. I stay there, and I go down on the beach uh, when it's not blowing me off, you know, away. And I, you know, my people think I'm a little crazy, but I, 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 I talk to the hurricane and, 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 and ask it to calm down. And for three years out of, you know, the three hurricanes that blew right, were coming right at West Palm Beach and Palm Beach Island, uh, they all shifted and went north and went out to sea. Now, I don't know that I had anything to do with that. I'm not taking any credit, but I'm saying that everything is energy. And when we let go of fear and let go of doubt and believe, this is why Jesus always said, do you believe? Because if you didn't believe, he couldn't heal you. Do you believe? And so that shift from doubt to belief, from fear to faith, that's what it takes for people to experience a, a true change in life and, and, and then begin to really witness the miracles that are always happening. And I always, when I sign a, a book to people, I like to say, sign it, embrace the miracle you are, because we are all miracles. When you think about our bodies, for example, with 50 to 60 trillion cells all making up this body, that's a lot of cells to get along with one another. And the more we can be at ease, the more we can uh, avoid dis-ease. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there's so much that that goes into that. And my goodness, I mean, we could talk all day. I love having discussions with you in regards to life, your books, all this great stuff that we've been able to touch on today. Where can our listeners connect with you and learn more about your work and your books and your upcoming online events and be part of your community? Sure. Well, my my website is johnjmurphy.org. And you can go there and see my body of work, see the, the, the books I've written, and the, there's a bunch of video clips. I have a YouTube channel under John J. Murphy, and it's uh, I've got like 200-plus free little self-help videos people can watch. I'm on LinkedIn as John J. Murphy Mystic, and I'm on Facebook as John J. Murphy Author. Um, so I'm on social media. Um, no expert, but I'm getting <laughs> a little better and better at it. Uh, but I post all kinds of videos. I'll post, you know, when this interview goes live, we'll post it and share it. And, uh, you know, I, I do what I can, Marianne, to, to help people who are hurting in one way or another and just try to bring a little light into their lives. Well, you know, thank you for all the work that you're doing, John. It's making such a positive impact. And I'm so glad that we were able to spend this time together. And, of course, to talk about your new book, Beyond Doubt. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marianne. I'll be back anytime. You just let me know. Well, thank you, John. It's always such an honor to spend time with you. And, of course, to talk about your book, Beyond Doubt, Four Steps to Inner Peace. Beyond Doubt's available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, in all indie retailers, and of course, you can get it on Kindle. If you'd like to connect with John and learn more about his work, you can at johnjmurphy.org for more information. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You're listening to Moments with Marianne. And remember, make every moment count. 
In a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary, a recognized leader in her own work. And while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Moments with Mary Ann airs every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Make sure to tune in and visit momentswithmaryann.com for more information.